Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Tank and Ryan Huang with you. It's time now for the bigger picture. And of course, yesterday at the fourth quarter advance estimates, Singapore GDP numbers were released. And this is a topic of conversation moving forward because people still trying to get a grip on how this will affect the coming quarter. Yeah, it's on the front pages of the Business Times and Straits Times. So a bit of a bellwether for the rest of the region in terms of how Q4 played out. And of course, we want to look in to how the first quarter will be and the coming quarters as well. So once again, 3.8% a sharp slowdown from the 7.6% growth achieved a year earlier. So a bit of moderation as expected. Let's unpack it with Vishnu Varatan. He is the Head of Economics and Strategy for Asia at Mizuho Bank. Morning Vishnu, how are you doing today? Good morning. Not too bad. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Vishnu. Now, let's look at the numbers we have on the table. And we are looking at a slowdown dragged down by manufacturing, especially electronics. How bad is it exactly? That's a good point. So, it was a tale of uh, two cities. You had a manufacturing recession, you know, essentially at least a downturn, if, if, if not a recession. And, and you got construction outperforming. In terms of the manufacturing, I think it does reflect the broader global theme of a sharp slowdown down in ships demand and of course that's affecting manufacturing here and also with the increasing uncertainty about whether or not global demand will hold up that has got a knock-on impact on how much inventory you know global manufacturers and retailers want to hold and you know and that feeds back into a further slowdown in in the manufacturing sector so the manufacturing sector will probably stay pretty subdued and this is really the the, the q4 is, is the canary suggesting that you know 2023 is going to be uh, a year of subdued manufacturing and, and, and a further slowdown in aggregate growth. Yeah, so we saw the sector shrinking 3% in the fourth quarter compared to a 1.4% growth in the previous quarter. In fact, it's the sector's first contraction since the second quarter of 2020. So that kind of reflects how much pain the industry is going through. And you talk about how things could be going through a further slowdown. We have that warning coming through from IMF yesterday about a global recession. How would that play out for the region and how will we see that recession in Singapore? I think both in Singapore and in the region, interestingly, it could be, you know, a, a very divided picture. Uh, I think on, on one front, in, in Singapore's case, perhaps construction and to a lesser extent uh, property can, can serve as a backstop along with some segments of financial. Manufacturing will probably experience a deeper downturn. Similarly for the region, you know, the externally focused industry sensitive sectors could, could do worse and certainly slip into a contraction, whereas the resumption of uh, travel and tourism, which which would probably continue for a good part of this year, would probably offer some, you know, backstop. But these are, of course, in different industries, so it'll be, you know, different fates playing out and depending on which part of the economy you look at. Sounds like an uneven story for this year, with some sectors doing better than others. And I think it partly ties into what we're seeing in China, the reopening story. So there is a bit of um, back and forth going on because of the pickup in the number of cases as the borders reopen. We're going to see waves of possibly Chinese tourists. But at the same time, the case numbers are going to be a worry for many people because it means disruptions as well. What do you take away from the latest from China? That's really a good point that you made, that it is not you know, an unimpeded story of uh, you know, acceleration in travel. So I, I think the way you know, we deem it is, by and large, is going to be uh, a story of improvement with a bumpy ride in Q1 as, as China tries to uh, head towards herd immunity. 
the risk along the way is if there are fresh mutations, then that could set back the world as a whole and in aggregates be more of a negative than positive. But, you know, if uh, touch wood, if we avoid that situation, then you probably see tourism and travel picking up and continuing the recovery this year with, with that Philip from China uh, adding to the that, that aspect of the story. But it does not distract from the bigger picture that, you know, global recession risks will begin to overwhelm as we go into the second half of the year. Yeah, talk about those risks of uh, inflation picking up. The many central banks around the world are trying to deal with it. But at the same time, if China reopens, it means demand could pick up and then feed into the inflationary picture. How much should we be worried about that? That makes for a very very interesting narrative. I think what we'll probably see is, you know, the the collision of two factors. One is uh, as global recession risks continue to grow amidst uh, what we remain mindful of, which is a very tight financial conditions uh, against high interest rates, so on and so forth, that would probably see by and large commodity prices softening, even if, if oil is temporarily backstopped. But at the same time, you'd also see, you know, Chinese stories heading out, giving rise to prices being elevated in certain segments, like, you know, say, in the hospitality sector and some services sector. So the ongoing migration of inflation will become more stark. You'd find further disinflation in in most of of the basic goods and commodities, the upstream inflation. But you see uh, services inflation remaining sticky, which only increases the, you know, the threat of a policy misstep and and tightening-induced recession in the second half of the year. Yeah, Vishnu, talking about policy missteps or potential missteps, uh, we have the Federal Reserve in focus this year again because of the expectations that they might start to slow down on their rate hikes if they can deal with inflation. What's your expectations on how things will play out in the coming quarter and how that will mean strength for uh, the US dollar, which was actually quite supportive of the uh, US dollar growth last year. What are we seeing in terms of strength this year? Well, I think in terms of the Fed, uh, we expect that at the February and the March meetings, the, the Fed would do a, a, a combined uh, 50 basis points at least, more likely 75 basis points. Uh, but that would be very close uh, to where they want rates to end. Uh, whether or not there will be additional 25 basis points in the second quarter would depend on the exact details rather than the deceleration of inflation. The decelerations are given. The details of core PCE, particularly the core services without uh, rentals, would be really what the Fed focuses on and, and, and pays a lot of attention to. Typically, when you can see the peak uh, within the horizon, that would mean peak dollar, mm. uh, and, and the dollar ought to start to decline, uh, which we already saw happening at the end of last year. But we think this time around that path is not going to be as smooth, certainly not un- unimpeded because uh, even as there's another story about you know ECB possibly doing more tightening, hence making a case for a stronger euro, there's also the risk of uh, fragmentation risks because of the weak links in the eurozone not being able to withstand the rate hikes. That fragmentation risk could undermine confidence in the euro and you know, ironically it may cause the euro to weaken in which case a weak dollar story uh, then begins to crumble uh, and you could see the dollar being rather bouncy and a bit resistant to unimpeded weakness. Vishnu, you mentioned peak dollar. We saw dollar at about 1.43 versus the Sing dollar last year in September and now it's at 1.34. Going forward into 2023, are we expecting the Sing dollar to, I guess, be at these levels and stay resilient? 
I think by and large it should average around these levels. We the, the barriers are quite high for for you know for something to hit above 143, 144 again. But that said, uh, we should not expect uh, a sanguine uh, flatlining 134 or, or even for that matter, uh, you know, a pullback further to 130, 132. I think along the way we will get bumps where you will get dollar sing at 138 to 140 regions during bouts, outbursts of dollar strength that could come about during uh, periods of heightened uncertainty, recession risks, or even eurozone-related risks uh, that would naturally boost the dollar uh, as a corollary. Yeah, things won't play on a straight line like in many other cases. We've been chatting with Vishnu Varatan. He is the Head of Economics and Strategy for Asia at Mizuho Bank. Vishnu, always great catching up with you. Thanks for having me. Have a good one, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.